Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. Tired, weary, frustrated? What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solar Mom's Talk, I discuss with solar mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solar mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. I'm listening to The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. You can get a free audio download of the book of your choice by going to audibletrials.com slash solomom. I've been using Audible for eight years and I download the Audible version even if I've already purchased a hard copy and Kindle. What book would you enjoy listening to? Go to audibletrials.com slash solomoms and download your free copy today. I have um, Sheila Stone, who is going to speak with us today. Uh, welcome, Sheila. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit. And I understand you're a solo mom. How did you become a solo mom? Well, um, I was married for 16 years. Um, my ex-husband was verbally abusive to me and my sons. So, you know, it just got, it wasn't getting better. It was getting worse. So... That was when I decided that being alone was a lot better than being with. Mm-hmm. Understand? Yeah, a lot of us have been there. Yeah, yes. And you have two sons, right? I do. They are grown up now. Um, my oldest, Christian, is a NASA scientist, yeah. and uh, he works at Jet Propulsion Lab with the Mars Rover people. And my youngest is an art director, and Chris is. The oldest is 39. The youngest is 37. So 
there is life on the other end. There is, right? So what has been your biggest struggle? I mean, how how young were your children when you separated? Um, they were 11 and 13, okay. which is not, it, it's a really tough time, mm-hmm. even when you're not going through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a real rocky year, all of us. But once we got past that first year, things really changed mm-hmm. and they were much happier. Right. And what, what, what would you say was the biggest thing? And I ask these questions because there are people going through it right now, right? And, and feel like, you know, this will never end. So what was oh, yeah. your, your biggest challenge, if you can remember, and how did that, how did you resolve that? Or how long did it take to resolve? This? Well, I think my biggest difficulty was um, the, the boys both had trouble in school. Um, my oldest was in junior high. And I remember at one point going, if he can just get out of high school, I will be happy. <laughs> and he actually, once things got better and they kind of got used to the idea, um, he actually turned everything around, mm-hmm. ended up going to school straight through until he was 29 and got a PhD from Rice. Wow. So, yeah, I was I was the, the parent sobbing when he got his degree. <laughs> but um, that was, I think, the hardest was seeing the boys you know, it wasn't a good relationship. It wasn't a good situation. But still, you know, it's hard when things change like that. Right, right. Um, and that was really difficult. And sometimes I felt like I was just putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And even though I was playing with them and we were having fun in the way that we hadn't been able to have when their dad was around mm-hmm. for about the first year or two, I remember thinking, you know, I'm smiling and I'm laughing and I'm going, my smile isn't going any deeper than my teeth because I'm doing what I know. I know I'm going to be happy. I know these are going to be happy memories, but I'm not feeling it. Yeah. 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 But they, they struggled and then they pushed through it and they found their footing. So, yeah. Yes. And that's, and that's what happens. I mean, you know, this too shall pass, mm-hmm. but yeah, that doesn't take anything away from the fact that when you're going through it, it feels like it's going to go on forever. Right. And of course you're always concerned, you know, have I done the right things for my children? Mm-hmm. You know, um, am I being selfish? Have I, you know, what, how will this affect them? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. And, and so they went on to find their own way and you had to find your own way. How did you do that? Yes. Well, that was, that was (laughs) because 2001 was my year of hell. Um, not only did, uh, I have to move out of the home because we had agreed that I could stay in our home until our youngest son graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. So he graduated in 2001. So I had to find a place to live. And on top of it, my ex-husband found the love of his life, 
which I didn't think would bother me. And it was really hard because he was treating her the way I'd always wanted him to treat me. And, you know, all through the thing, I kept saying, well, you know, I mean, it's not me, it's him, uh, you know, and then I had to go, well, maybe it is me. Um, and that was difficult. And I lost my job. I mean, it was just like one thing after another that year. Even my sons refer to it as our year of hell. Um, so, you know, I moved out. Um, I went through bankruptcy because of losing my job. Um, and then I decided to go back to school. Now, I never had any burning desire to get a degree. I know a lot of women do. Good for them. That wasn't really me. I basically went back to school because I felt like that gave me something to hang on to. I felt like I didn't have a future. Mm -hmm. uh, my oldest son had left to go to university. My youngest was, we actually started community college at the same time. <laughs> And I knew that he was going to be leaving. And it was like, okay, I'm coming out of, of um, survival mode. But now what? Yeah. You know, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And um, at first, I just took a couple of classes just to have something mm -hmm. to keep my mind occupied. And then I got really into it. And I was like, okay, this gives me something to say, yes, I do have a, a, a future, mm -hmm. even though I didn't feel like I did. I mean, I knew in my head I did, but I didn't feel it. Yeah. And so I went a little obsessive. <laughs> I, at my last quarter, I worked at Caltech. I was an admin uh, at the California Institute of Technology. And it was two blocks away from Pasadena City College. And my last quarter, I took nine classes in addition to working full time. It was a little nuts. It was, I mean, they, most of them were online, but still, you know, and it just seemed, I, I wanted, I knew my youngest son was, was going to be transferring to university. And the idea of being in the same job, living in the same place, and being left behind. Not that I wanted to be with them, but I wanted to have my own adventures. Mm -hmm. And I knew if I didn't, I would just, it would be very, very difficult. So, so I went a little crazy and... <laughs> transferred <laughs> yeah i think i think that's good i i was talking to a lady yesterday and she was talking about one of her thing is getting women over 50 you know their kids are out of the house because they get stuck and then they don't know what to do they're just spinning their wheels it happened to me and so oh, yeah and so it was good that you were able to you know maybe riding off the energy your son had and just decided to learn something and you know you found your mojo right i did i found um the first cultural anthropology class i took because it fit my schedule and it fulfilled the requirement mm -hmm. and literally in that first meeting i went oh my gosh this is this is it this is what i love and I mean, I still get a little bit teary eyed over it um, because that was really uh, incredible. 
to me. Um, Because when I started, it wasn't like, well, I want a degree in this. It was like, I need something to do. Um, And I, um, yeah, I, I have absolutely loved it ever since. Um, And we ended up at the same university, all three of us at the same time. It was a little crazy. We didn't live together. It's a big campus, and they were old enough that they found it more amusing than mortifying. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Did they try to avoid you? Did they say you come in and go like this? No, because we did, We just didn't see each other. They were living, uh, Chris, by the time I got there, Chris, the oldest, he had his own apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the youngest was living in a transfer dorm, and I had my own apartment. So we almost never saw each other. Yeah. Um, and it was, I had a good time. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds like fun. It was. It okay. was. I, I really loved it. Um, but yeah, my motive initially was just trying to give me something to hang on to. Mm-hmm. But I was 48 when I went back, and I I found that although I had quite a few units, nothing transferred, mm. not a single unit. So I literally started from scratch. Yeah. And that was, that was, you know, the thing that I most had to make a decision about was, do I want to take that much math? I had to take three math classes in order to get to the math class I needed in order to transfer. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, my youngest son said, well, mom, why are you taking that class? And I said, because they don't offer anything lower. Because that's about the last math class I'd taken. I was in 10th grade, (laughs) which was a a little while before, you know, (laughs) a little bit. Okay, so then you graduated, and what happened? Why? What? What did you do after that? You know. I, okay, I I graduated, and I, first off, I'd never been overseas until I was fifty, and the year before I transferred that summer, I went to Europe, and I volunteered on an archaeological dig, and that was pretty fun, because wow. uh, I was thinking about uh, archaeology as one of the the parts of anthropology and I was thinking about doing that but on the dig I realized I can't drink enough to be an archaeologist so I moved on to cultural anthropology Um, and when I was a senior well when I was a junior I applied to a um, the anthropology departments this is at UCLA the anthropology departmental honors program and I got to go spend six weeks in the summer at in Japan um, interviewing midlife women about their lives, oh. which was amazing. Yeah. Um, but when I graduated, I remember when I went back and I started my senior year, I had senioritis. Mm-hmm. I was 51 years old <laughs> with senioritis going, ah. um, so I started doing stand-up the summer after um, I graduated. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was a little crazy. Um, and I moved to Europe and lived there for a year. Uh, and I did stand-up over there. And then I came back for a couple of years. And then I decided to do grad school. So I did graduate school in England. And that was fun. Uh, then when I came back from that... 
Uh, that was in 2010. So that was during the economic downturn. Mm -hmm. And I could not get arrested. I swear. <laughs> Two degrees, all this wonderful life experience got turned down by Starbucks, got turned down by Trader Joe's, could not get a job, period. So that was when I started my business. Okay. And I want you to tell us about the business in a minute because it's okay. very interesting and I really, you know, I want you to get into it a little bit. So you, you um, raised two sons, you went back to college and you seemed like you had fun with it. I'm sure it wasn't all fun and game, but I'm looking at you and you were enjoying yourself. You found your groove. Yes. And when you go to, particularly if you go to university, um, at community college, it, there are a lot of age groups. Um, at university, that winnows out quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, not that I was the only person my age. There were quite a few, and some of them are still my friends. But you have to kind of decide. You know, you can't pretend to be 21. Number one, no one's going to believe you. Okay. And number two, it'll kill you. <laughs> you, know, you just can't. So you have to go, okay, um, I want to make friends. It's harder to make friends mm -hmm. uh, because you're like parent age to the regular students. Um, so it took a while. I have a wonderful story, a friend that is still my friend, dear friend, um, who is younger than my youngest son. And we were in a class together and we were talking about, she was in transfer housing as well, like my son was. And we were talking about a, pro a project and she said, well, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to be interviewing people in my house. Well, if you say house, that was transfer housing. Uh, if it was undergrad, it was dorm. So I went, oh, I have a son who lives in, in transfer housing. And she went, who's your son? And I said, Jonathan Stone. And she grabbed the girl next to her and went, that's John's mom. <laughs> My favorite moment yeah. of, of school. It was just like. Yes, right. I'm John's mom. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and you have to, you have to make yourself available. You have to be friendly. You have to realize not everyone's going to want to hang out with you. Mm -hmm. But then, if you find the people that do, they think you're pretty amazing mm -hmm. because you're, you know, you're, you're going back to school. You're doing. Yeah something yeah. and um and also you know getting involved with uh independent study so that you can pursue your own interests mm -hmm. um is a really good thing to do um and that's available at a lot of schools you know not for the whole degree but just for an individual class or right. something like that so um yeah, I had a good time. I even went to a 21st birthday party. Whoa. Sounds like fun. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so you studied, um, you went into cultural anthropology. Can you yes. tell us what that is and how does it translate into the business you're doing now? 
Cultural anthropology is basically the study of cultures, the study of people. For me, I found the most interesting thing was the study of subcultures, because there's subcultures all around us. If you, if you go to jury duty, there are certain unspoken rules that you follow. I mean, there are a lot of spoken rules too, but there are there are rules that you follow, um, and. I just find that fascinating. We all are parts of these, in addition to the overall culture, we're all parts of these little, like if you're into needlework or you're mm-hmm. into boating or you're, you know, those all are subcultures or you're a country Western fan. Um, how, it, how it relates to my own business is my company is Women Sharing Cultures, and I take small groups, and by small, I mean like six or eight, um, on tours, and we meet with local women. So it's not, you're, you're getting a very personalized, a very cultural experience, and by cultural, I don't mean we spend all our time at museums. Right. I mean, right. we hang out yeah. with, with women. And, you know, women are, women love meeting other women. We do. We really connect. And um, that's, so that's kind of where my, my cultural anthropology goes in is, um, you know, meeting, connecting. I love connecting women to women. Yeah. I love that. And I want to go on your next trip. Yes, please. Yes, yes. I want to go on your next trip. So, um, oh, wow. That is good. So you, you actually inspire women to do that. So how do you inspire me who don't know anything about what you do? Or I'm one of those people who love to just go hang out at a nice hotel uh, instead of, you know, meeting with the locals. Um, you know, talk about that. Well, you know, part of what I try to do when I talk to, to women who might be interested in taking the tours is I try to let them know realistically what they can expect mm-hmm. so that they will self-select if they don't like, because not everybody likes to travel the way I do. And that's fine. Right. You know, I can't take hundreds of people anyway. And I think it's really important to honor the the way that you personally like to travel. For instance, if you're going to have enormous bags, you know, six bags and all of this, I'm probably not a good fit because you have to carry your own bags. We, We do stay in nice hotels, but they are not fancy. I try to stay in hotels that are family owned. Mm-hmm. Or at least smaller companies that are owned in the comp- in the country, mm-hmm. um, so that the money stays in the community as much as possible. Gotcha. Because I feel really strongly that that's one of the things we need to do. No matter if you're in London or if you're in Tokyo, the bottom line is. They may be wealthy countries, but we're talking about individual people. Right. You know, the people who own the small hotels, just because they're in a wealthy country, doesn't mean they've got lots of money. Mm-hmm. And they can't, and I, oh, I, I stay in some lovely places with lovely people that I just enjoy so much. Mm-hmm. But 
if you're looking for a luxury experience, I'm probably not it. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking for an authentic experience, um, a kind of a personalized experience, then I'm a good fit. And if you really want to meet people, then I'm your gal. Yeah, you're my gal. <laughs> I'm your gal. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm going to ask you one more question, but before I do that, tell us how we could get in touch with you. Where do we go okay. to find you? Okay, well, I am on uh, my my uh, website is women sharing cultures plural. Um, women plural cultures plural dot com. And right now, of course, no tours. Right. All the, I had a tour this spring in um, New Orleans and the Bayou Country at the beginning of March, right before everything went haywire. So everything else got canceled. I'm hoping that things will be safe for next year. Yeah. Um, I feel really strongly that unless things are safe, I'm not taking people. I am so I can be reached there. I can also be reached at toursbysheila.com. Okay which is um, my email address. I am working on, because I can't travel, it's like, okay, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have a couple of books that I've written in the past that okay. I am re-editing and revising. One of them is Getting Your Degree Without Losing Your Mind, um, which I've done seminars on that. Um, and if anyone is interested in a Zoom seminar or anything, I'm more than happy to do it uh, because that's something I feel really passionate about is okay, going yeah. back to school and strategies you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is called Boomer Bloomer, a guide for women still on the wrong side of the glass ceiling because not everybody kicked through. Right. <laughs> Um, And then I have a couple of travel books. So one is How to London. Uh, The other one I'm working on right now, I'm writing, is How to Japan. um, Because those are two of the places I spend a lot of time. Um, So I'm writing. That's what's keeping me from literally going crazy. crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. But um, yeah, I understand. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, well, we're all trying to figure out strategies, yeah. like how do we cope with the way the world is right now? Yeah. And ignoring it's not the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly for someone who travels a lot, I literally canceled my trip to Europe two days before I was supposed to leave. Wow. And I was supposed to be there for two and a half months. And I canceled my flight to Dublin. I was doing, going to do research in Dublin. Yeah. Canceled it two days before I was supposed to leave. That really sucked. (laughs) But when my friend who was there told me that the pubs were closed, I went, okay, it's really serious. Yeah. The Irish aren't going to close the pubs unless it's dead serious. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, hopefully next year. Yeah. Hopefully. That would be nice because I would love to go on one of your tours. I would love to have you along and anyone else. Uh, Yes. So I only do a few tours a year and they're only to places that I really know Mm -hmm. because um, this isn't a big company. This is me. Right. I understood. (laughs) Okay. My final question is one I ask guests most of the time. 
is what one piece of advice do you have to give to a solo mom? Given all you've been through and all you've accomplished. This too shall pass. Absolutely hang on to those precious moments with your kids. I'm sorry, I get really, I'm a mess. But, you know, create that shared history while they're young and they want to be with you. And it will keep things, it'll help you through the bumpy teenage years, which are sometimes bumpy, not always. And also when they become adults. Yeah, yes. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you for sharing. We're so happy that I got to talk to you. I'm happy too. So talk soon, right? Absolutely. Let's stay in touch. Yeah. And if anyone has any questions, please have them, you know, send me an email. Sure. Will do. Okay. All right. Excellent. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. I'd like to repeat the Native American proverbs that said, those who tell their story rule the world. Tell your story on an upcoming episode of Solo Mums Talk. And if you think this podcast will help someone else, please share it with them. Leave a review and subscribe so you'll know when new episodes become available. Thank you. I appreciate your support. Hello solo moms. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life. To see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one 917-994-1329 or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.